Hello, welcome to the ninth episode of Inside the Brain of, where I'll interview a manual therapist to get inside their brain and try to understand how they incorporate neurokinetic therapy into their approach to patient or client management. My name is Eric Nelson, and I'm a board-certified sports chiropractor and NKT instructor. If you're listening and you're not an NKT provider, hopefully this podcast will give you some insight as to what NKT is and how you can utilize it to help your patients or clients. Before we start, I'd just like to mention a few things. I recently started a Facebook page, so make sure you like and share the Inside Your Brain page. Also, these podcasts are now available on iTunes, so if you utilize iTunes and enjoy the podcast, please make sure you write a positive review. Thank you. Now, in this episode, we're going to try something new. Uh, By request, I'm going to hand the podcast over to Jamie Francis, and she's going to attempt to get inside my brain tonight. So, Jamie, it's all yours. Hello, Eric. How are you? I am doing wonderful. How about yourself? Very glad to have this opportunity. It was a very good idea of Sarah Young's, who thought, you know, we better get to know Eric. He's been taking all this time to get to know everyone else and understand how their brains work, and we need to know more about how your brain works. Well, I'm a little shy, so we'll we'll see how it goes. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be fine. Before we um, get started with questions, I just wanted to take the opportunity really quick to give people a roadmap as to how they can prepare for taking the Level 1 and Level 2 seminars and kind of what to expect along their journey. This was a suggestion of Thomas Wells, who thought that this is information people should know, and when he says stuff, I tend to listen. (laughs) So... One way for everybody to, if if you're not already an NKT provider and you're about to take the class, a nice way to prepare for your level one is to get David Weinstock's book and to look over all the tests and then to review anatomy, muscle palpation, and fiber orientation of the muscles and muscle actions, which I think will give you a really good um, general understanding of what the level one is going to go over. And then... After you take your level one, when your mind is completely blown by everything that you've just learned, you should be able to perform some basic tests. Um, You should have an emerging ability to feel a lock or not feel a lock, as we call it, in the muscle when you're testing it. And you should be able to find a facilitated muscle in a pair with an inhibited muscle. Um, Also, in the class, you learn how to do some rudimentary posture, palpation, and movement screens, which will give you an idea of what to look for when you're set free on your own and you're panicking. So um, once you've mastered some of those things and you've you've practiced and and you're you know feel a little more comfortable with just testing, to really advance to level two, you really would benefit from attending any study groups that are in your area or watching free casts with Perry or doing like what I did, which was watch every Vimeo video that there is and take notes and pay really close attention to the, you know, what David's saying in the videos. And another great suggestion is to make a list of questions that you're confused about. And if you're shy you can PM different providers on the scholars page. Or if you're more outgoing, like me, you should try to Skype people, pester people, call people, um, shadow people if you have people in your area that are willing to let you shadow. 
These are all great um, ways of connecting and really getting more comfortable with the work. But if you have this list of questions on, in a small notebook, then when you are presented with, you know, being having the opportunity of meeting with someone who's more experienced, you have a list of things. You're not just walking in there like I don't know what to do and I don't know how I, what help, what I need help with. Um, another really great thing to do when you're trying to advance to level two is to look over the Thomas Myers book and understand how the fascial lines um, are oriented. So that that's a big part of um, the level two class, um, which is, I think is really helpful to have that book. And also to have the posters hanging up if you can get your hands on some of those. And then another great way to get um, more comfortable with level two stuff is to practice watching people move. And just in, and if you find somebody that has an injury and you and ask them to repeat what happened to them, or if they can, that is, um, to kind of show the movements that, that bother them, that really helps you um, to put together the pieces of what muscles might be working and what muscles might not be working. And then lastly, taking your certification test. Um, everyone should be you know, fairly comfortable with testing prior to taking the certification test. But also don't you know, make it blown up into this huge, horrible, fearful thing. It's really um, a great way to get some feedback on your testing and to show what you know, which you, you do know it. So I just want to encourage people not to be so nervous and, and concerned about taking their test. And then lastly, you should just bite the bullet and sign up for your level two class. <laughs> so that's kind of the roadmap that I took when I went through my level one and my level two. And now I'm hoping to take level three. So that's just, I just wanted to get over, go over that briefly with everybody. And now I'm dying to ask you questions, Eric. Are you ready? <laughs> uh, hopefully I am. <laughs> <laughs> There's no trick questions, I promise. Okay, good. Good. Okay. So I'm really curious about what your background is. I see you have a lot of letters and certifications and great things that you've done. I just want to know more about what, you, what your background is. Sure. Uh, I graduated chiropractic school in 1997. When I was in school, I was turned on to a lot of things, uh, not necessarily chiropractic, um, rehab work, soft tissue work. Uh, sports things, so that really um, piqued my interest, and I pursued a lot of those things. In fact, um, picking up Craig Liebenson's book, uh, Rehabilitation of the Spine, his first edition had just come out, um, probably changed the course of, of my life in the direction I was going within chiropractic. Um, I was purely going to a school that was mostly straight chiropractic, meaning all we did was adjustments. Um, yet I picked up this book, and it had all this rehab stuff in it. And I was like, whoa, this absolutely blew my mind. So I, I called Craig immediately to see if he could come and, and teach a class for us. And uh, he was unfortunately unavailable, but he sent two of his instructors uh, to uh, my school, or we did it off campus, of course, and did a whole weekend on uh, on rehab. And it really, that kind of uh, set the course for the direction I was going to go. And in fact, I graduated in it took me forever to get my license in New Jersey. That's a whole other story for another time. But um, my wife and I took actually Craig's 100-hour uh, course on chiropractic rehabilitation before we even had our license. 
So that was a big um, thing there. I made, I made some connections, and I was able to get involved in, in chiropractic. I had an opportunity to work with a high school football team. So I went and took a 100-hour course on sports chiropractic, this certified chiropractic sports physician. Uh, from there, I was turned on to different soft tissue techniques like active release technique and Graston technique. And then I found out about uh, kinesio taping, and I got certified in that a few years back. And, um, you know, that's kind of how I was I was going along there. And um, I, a couple years ago, I, did, I completed a 300-hour course on sports chiropractic and became a diplomate of the American Board of Sports Chiropractors. And... Um, that is the highest level you can obtain in my profession on any uh, postgraduate courses, diplomat status. Uh, so that was very exciting. Uh, but I was basically going around practicing, doing my thing. I, I felt like I was cutting edge, you know, ahead of the curve, at least in South Jersey here where I'm at, New Jersey. And, um, you know, I've done talks for over 100 chiropractors in South Jersey, and I'd say, hey, you know, does anybody know what active release technique is? And, you know, one or two chiropractors would raise their hand. So that's kind of how my area was. So I was always ahead of the um, the curve a little bit. But, um, you know, I got frustrated a couple of years ago dealing with insurance companies. You know, it was such a nightmare. And then my results were kind of not, not quite consistent. I mean, they were decent. They were better than most. But I just – there was no rhyme or reason for what I was doing. You know, I would do some soft tissue work. I would adjust. I would give them some, you know, the key uh, McGill exercises and again, some people would get better, some people wouldn't, and um, you know, I, I couldn't figure it out. And I remember being on Facebook a couple years ago, and you know, stop chasing pain. Uh, Perry was posting some crazy stuff about this neurokinetic therapy, and um, all of a sudden, boom! I read some of his posts. I'm like, wow, this makes complete sense. And um, so I, you know, I went on online and I, I looked up NKT. I found out about David Weinstock. Started following him on Facebook. I'm like. Uh, when he's when is he offering a class? And I, you know, I knew he was from California, and at the time he only had one class on his schedule, and it was in New Jersey. And I I remember told my wife, I'm like, I am signing up for this immediately. I ordered his book uh, immediately, and I signed up for the course. And um, you know, it, it, within five minutes of taking the class, I knew that that's exactly what I wanted to be doing. So that's a little that's bit about my background. <laughs> yeah. So Perry hooked you in too. <laughs> Pulled me like in, everyone yes. else. <laughs> Seems to be a common theme, definitely. Yeah. So when did you take your NKT class? How long ago was it? I'm going to say about probably like close two and a half years ago. Yeah, two and a half years ago. Yeah, me and uh, Kathy was in my class, Kathy Dooley. Okay. Yep. And um, it was funny, actually, too, a little bit funny thing is um, I was president of the New Jersey Sports Chiropractic Council, and my vice president um, – uh, Danielle D'Amelio, um, when I found this course, I noticed that it was being offered at a, at a at a gym that she has an office in. So I said, Danielle, are, do you know about this class? And she had no idea about it. So uh, needless to say, I got her to take the class with me. It, it was it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, that's great. Um, I'm curious about how often you use it. Do you use it all the time with everyone? Because I, I know I can't use it with everyone. How, yeah, do, how does that um, work? Every single patient I use it with, every, every single patient, uh, no matter what the issue is. I mean, people come to me um, for usually, you know, back pain, neck pain, shoulder issues, 
carpal tunnel injury, you know, different nerve entrapments, plantar fasciitis. I mean, pretty much any neuromusculoskeletal condition, people come to me, and usually they get to me after they've already been to um, everyone else. Uh, in South Jersey, uh, there's a lot of uh, osteopaths here, and some of them do some manual stuff. So, um, unfortunately, I don't get too many referrals from medical doctors, but most people come to me almost as a last uh, last stop on their trip. You know, they've already had all the imaging pretty much, and um, they're just looking for some kind of help. And, and you know, I'm, I'm up front with these people. I tell them, you know, sometimes I can help you, sometimes I can't. Let's do an, an assessment and see if there is anything I can do for you, and, and we'll take it from there. But I, I do see all kinds of people, and I, and I use NKT pretty much on every patient. I mean, I just... You know, I, once I took the class, I just, I had never really done muscle testing before. So I wanted to just jump in and practice as much as I can. So I just started testing everybody that came in the door, and I'd find something. You know, like David says, keep it simple. Find it, fix it, send them home with their exercises, and, 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 and I just went out from there. But, yep, every every person that comes into my office, definitely. What are, what are some of your favorite types of valuable to work, or people to work on? Hmm. That's interesting, you know. Um, <clears throat> every it's funny. I've been. I'm currently right now the busiest I've ever been. I'm working longer hours than I've ever worked, and it flies by because I enjoy working with every single patient. I never know what I'm going to see or what they're going to bring. No two cases are the same, so it's pretty exciting. Um, you know, I say I really. I always tell people I perform the performance aspect of it. You know, I had a guy recently come in couldn't do a kettlebell press he had no problems no pain no nothing and you know he could do it with his left hand no problem his right he couldn't you know with and he's been working on it for months he just couldn't get this one this one up and you know within a minute i had him figured out that his lats and his obliques were shut down by his like pec minor and um something else and you know he was pressing the kettlebell so performance stuff is awesome but you know on on the other end uh, the tough cases are pretty exciting, too. Um, I have a patient who had a stroke, you know, and I know I'm not going to get her better 100%, but I've the, each visit, it's amazing how much more she's improving. Um, I also just started seeing a patient who has this thing called uh, multi-system atrophy, which is a Parkinson's-like type of case. And again, I mean, she's progressively getting worse, but the improvements I've seen with her have been so fascinating. So I'm enjoying that. And and, and right now, especially after assisting the Level 2 class uh, in New York a couple weeks ago with Kathy, I've just been on a, a pelvic floor kick. I've seen, I've seen so many cases of pelvic floor, both male and female. And it's amazing what I'm learning uh, is when you just ask people about it, especially women, they they, they so many of them have these issues. It's it's crazy. So I'm really enjoying uh, working with the pelvic floor cases right now. But, you know, like I said, any case that comes in the door, I enjoy working with. Do you have somebody that you refer your pelvic floor cases to if you just can't get their, like, they just can't coordinate a Kegel? Hmm. Like, some people just cannot Kegel. <laughs> That's what I find anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, you somebody my first, well... Well, two parts to that. One is I'm I'm bringing in a physical therapist right now that's going to start working with me, and she's actually one of my Pilates instructors, and she happens to be um, she happens to specialize in pelvic floor. So we're just beginning um, to figure that out. But on the other side of it, the first pelvic floor case I had was actually when I was doing my level two certification with David, and um, 
it was kind of a crazy story. She um, was the sweetest woman uh, I had ever met. And then when I asked her, she told me she had a prolapse, um, a prolapsed uh, uterus, and um, and I forget what grade it was at this point. It was a, it was a while ago now. But anyway, said she was an, said she was an absolute sweetheart. She, um, you know, was a toothpick thin, and she, her issue came. She looking at her, you would never guess this, but she squatted over 400 pounds, and she her son was a quadriplegic, so she was always lifting him all over the place. So, again, as I said, and I've said it a couple times already, she was an absolute sweetheart. But when I asked her about Kegels, she had this look in her eyes like she was going to kill me. Oh. I did them. They didn't help. Blah. I was like, oh, oh, my God, this is crazy. So here's someone, obviously, she has an issue with her pelvic floor, right, because she has a prolapsed uterus. Right. And oh my God, it was she, I thought she was gonna beat me up, <laughs> but so I I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, geez, you know, it seems like everything's nothing was nothing was blowing out the way it should be, the way um, we used to teach it at all. And um, so I'm working with David, and um, he's like, you know, check out our obturator internus. Uh, so I did, and um, it was normal. And then we, you know, did some level two things, and next thing I knew. Um, the end result was that her her obturator internist was shut down because of her pelvic floor. Um, and once we released the pelvic floor, I mean, I'm sorry, it was, I'm, I'm, it's been a little while. It wasn't, we didn't release the pelvic floor. I think it might have been the adductor. I can't remember exactly what it was. But, yeah, it, her, her obturator internist and her pelvic floor, I think the obturator internist might have been the indicator muscle, but, Needless to say, the pelvic floor was inhibited. It just wasn't showing up. I released whatever it was. Maybe it was the adductor. Um, and then the pelvic floor came back online. And she literally, for the first time in however many years, was able to do a Kegel. And she, it, this was, you know, with David on Skype, she broke down pretty much in tears and just couldn't believe all of a sudden she could do a Kegel. So after that experience, um, I've learned that you know, there's probably a reason why people can't do a Kegel. And if you look for it, you should find it. So I, I really haven't had that issue since. I'm not saying that it's not going to happen, but I, I haven't seen that since. Do you think so. your um, your PT that you're bringing in, will she have the internal like probes and all that stuff to work with building strength? I, you know, we haven't gotten that far yet with what she's going to do on that level. Um I, I, that's a good question, and we have a meeting uh, next week with her. Um, we're working out all the insurance things and figuring out how that all that yeah. works. That's kind a of a headache. Plus. But um, she's been a, a long-term Pilates instructor for us for a while, and we focus on our Pilates studio focuses on Pilates rehab. Uh, so she's kind of looking to make a little bit of a change where she's at, and I'm getting busy, and I'd like to have someone that can do more rehab stuff for me, uh, kind of integrate what I'm doing with more uh, exercise base, and you know we have a whole Pilates studio, so why not do it there? So. Um, we're going to see how that goes. Um, but, yeah, that's that, that, that's a good question. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> no problem. So how do you envision that flow? You would do the manual work on the person, and then they would go into the Pilates studio and have their, you know, their rehab right after? Uh, well, or? 
I, I, I don't know. Um, I think in my head, see, right now, and, and I'm, I'm trying to work this out, I'm thinking about bringing in another chiropractic associate. I, I've been in practice now for over 15 years, and this is the first time I've been uh, this busy. Uh, but right now, I'm, I'm kind of booked, so if I see someone once, they might not be able to get a follow-up visit till the next week when I might need to see them, you know, a couple days later. So my initial thought is, you know, see a patient and then for the second visit in the week, have them see the physical therapist where they could take what I've given them, they can reassess them, make sure they're doing their homework correct, and then integrate them with some other exercises to kind of uh, progress them a little bit depending on where they're at. So that's, that's kind of my vision right now. Um, and, and I think she's on board with that, and I think, it's, I think that's going to work out pretty good. Your wife also uses NKT a little, right? A little bit. She, she's a chiropractor, too, and she, took, she did take NKT last year. Um, she's most, mostly doing, you know, active um, type of therapy exercises, but she's been incorporating it little by little as she gets more confident with it. Um, yeah, a little bit. That's, that's she's getting cool. there. It's fun to have somebody to practice with anyway in your oh, own yeah. house. <laughs> oh, definitely. That, well, that helped. You know, that? when I f- first started using NKT, it was nice to have someone that I can, um, you know, run some things by. That's for sure. Sometimes family members are not that willing to let you do that. My husband wants no part of that. <laughs> <laughs> when you were first starting using NKT, what did you struggle with? You know, I think the same thing I struggle with today still sometimes is figuring out what to therapy localize and why. You know, I could find, you know, I remember when I first started finding things and then being like, okay, now what? You know, I remember David said, you know, try this. And then if I tried that (laughs) and it didn't work, I was like, okay, what next? So I remember um, I would call David, I would email David, um, you know, this was before the Facebook group, so we didn't really have a good forum that you could just ask a question and 100 people would give you an answer. Um, I just would, you know, any question I had, I would write down, I'd call him, we'd spend time on the phone, um, I would shoot him emails, and he'd help me. And But then after a little while, I started realizing, you know what, I think I could figure this out myself. And I started, you know, using his book, looking at the gray boxes, seeing where to look, trying to understand things. And and sure enough, you know, I, I figured out a ton. And the funny thing was is when I got to level two, um, most of my questions that I had were answered just by going to level two. So I, I think it's a nice progression the way the, the course is set up. You know, you practice a few months, and then you start having a ton of questions. Most of them will be answered in, in level two without, without a doubt. What was your biggest, like, pearl from the level two in New York that we just got? that we just had, besides the pelvic floor stuff. I was, yeah, that was going to be my go-to. Uh, or you could say that some, if you want. Just <laughs> some things, you know, just, well, you know, just not, nothing specific testing-wise or anything like that, but just some questions, you know, uh, uh, talking to the patient, asking them, you know, questions about their past. Um, you know, one thing, uh, I'm trying to remember the case we had, you know, it's, turned out she, um, you know, when she was a kid, she had a, because one question was, you know, did you ever hold your urine um, for long periods of time? And, you know, one person said, yeah, you know, when I was in Catholic school, they wouldn't let us go to the bathroom all day long. 
And sometimes, you know, I would wet myself and other kids would make fun of me. And, you know, and, and that was just a crazy memory that just shot up in her head. And I was talking to one of my patients about that, and she looked at me with this blank stare like, oh, my God, that's exactly what happened to me. And sure enough, her pelvic floor was an issue. And, um, you know, I was able to help her, and it's it really changed her life. And, I mean, so I'd say that was a huge take-home is, is that history is so important. And it's like, you know, I learned a couple more things to ask patients. You know, a lot of people are nervous about talking about pelvic floor stuff with the patients. Well, I find that as soon as you just bring it up, women, they have no issue talking about it. No issue talking about it. You know, as long as I guess you have a decent relationship with them, although uh, I'm talking first visit on, on, on pretty much every visit with these women. You know, if someone has kids, that's part of the questions. It's on the history form now. I made sure to ask a couple other things, and um, and then I asked them in person, and it's amazing. So for me, you know, asking certain questions was a huge part of that level too. Any differences with men with their pelvic floors as far as, you know, comfort level with talking about it? You know, most of them really have no idea what the pelvic floor is. Um, but, you know, when you when you point out a couple of things, they figure it out. But the, the biggest common denominator I'm seeing, and again, you know, there's no cookbook answer, but I've noticed um, in men maybe in their late 40s, early 50s that are really into working out, that are lifting heavy weights, that, you know, maybe shouldn't be lifting heavy weights um, as much as they are. But, um, you know, I'm finding that those are the ones that tend to have the overactive pelvic floors. Mm. Any connection with, you know, functional movements like really limited squat or anything like that that you've seen? You know, um, people that struggle with uh, uh, toe touching, multi-segmental flexion, I'm finding that to be that to be part of it, definitely. Some people with squatting, it's an issue. Um, but I'd have to say the multi-segmental flexion is a, bi- is a big one. I've seen some pretty amazing changes with that in the pelvic floor work. How do you like to release it? Well, I like that. I like the self-release that um, you know we show in class. Anti-kegel anti- or the squat. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, I've been playing with the anti-kegel and it's really working well. I mean, I had used it in the past and it really wasn't working well. But you know, maybe now that I understand it better, um, it's it's working pretty well and it's changed some some people's lives. I I'm really blown away. I mean, as you know, on the advanced page, I've made a couple posts and just the, the response I've gotten from the patients um, that I've been finding this problem with, it's it's been tremendous. Well, it is a huge underserved population for women. I know in my area, there's only one pelvic floor specialist in the whole like the, within. 50 miles, and if you can't get in with her, then you're in trouble. (laughs) Must be booked for months because almost every woman that has kids has a pelvic floor issue. It's it's almost an epidemic. I I I can't believe it actually. Everyone just thinks that it's a normal part of being a mother. Yes, I think that this is just what you have to deal with, like stretch marks and you know, a little pot belly or something. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So you've been talking a lot lately about systems and, and ways of organizing yourself. Can you share some of the new ways that you've you know, been able to organize yourself better and some tips and tricks for that? Hmm. 
as far as NKT or as far as my life in general? <laughs> well, NKT or life, because NKT is life. You're, you know what? You're <laughs> right. Well, you know, in NKT, we'll talk about this. Is that, I mean, there's uh, there's so much to learn in in life, <laughs> and um, I have. I guess the biggest organization system I have is I use Microsoft OneNote, which is you know an online, um, a virtual notebook, and I have a notebook for NKT, and I have a different tab. Uh, for every pretty much every muscle in the body, and I've gone through. I've got pictures in there of every muscle. I've got interesting quotes from um, different things I found online, or you know, if Kathy posts something, I copy it and paste it in there. If Thomas Wells, po- you know, if anybody says anything, I copy it and paste it right into that notebook. So it's pretty organized, and I have it on all my computers, and I can access it at any time. I have it on my phone. So, you know, if I'm thinking about a muscle, I'll just pop right over there and take a look at it. And, um, you know, it's really helping me um, learn the anatomy better and the movements better. Because, you know, I mean, you you learn something and, you know, then you forget it the next day. So I, I find myself needing to, to re-look at things. So as far as that system, it's been phenomenal. And like I said, Microsoft OneNote's great. I mean, they've got a, a cut-and-paste feature where you, you click on the icon and you could cut a section of the screen and it pastes it right into your notebook wherever you want. And, you know, Gary Ward posted something yesterday um, about um, uh, the big toe extension, and I just co- copied, cut, and pasted that right into my notebook. It's it's absolutely phenomenal. So I highly recommend uh, that you do something to that effect, have some sort of notebook where you're writing down notes, whether they're cool cases or, or things you find on the Internet. Um, it's, it's pretty neat. I even have a section on there, you know, um, that I can uh, quick link to a, a, a PDF, so if someone posts an article and I don't have time to, to read it right then, I'll, I'll make sure I save it to my, my OneDrive, and then I'll, I'll just put a link right into, very easily put a link, a link right into my notebook. So that notebook is really um, uh, my life right now. It really has everything NKT-wise, as well as everything I have as far as all the open projects I have going on, the classes I'm teaching, what I need to do for that you know, what I'm doing with my new physical therapist, for example. I mean, I just really have everything in one place that I could quickly access at any time. And inside that, it's broken down to different lists, like my next action list or calls I need to make. If I have a few minutes, I click on my call list, boom, right there. I see who I have to call back, what their phone number is, and, you know, it's just phenomenal. Um, Since I got uh, a couple systems in place, uh, I'm just it's it's really made my life a lot um, less stressful without a doubt. I don't have to deal with a lot of open loops running around. I know where everything is at all times, and when I get something new, I know where it goes and what to do with it. I thought I was organized. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm <Very> trying. <laughs> the funny thing is, my wife my wife is like the most organized person in the world, and for years she's always trying to tell me to get organized. So when I told her about my new system, she just laughed at me. She's like, are you kidding me? I've been telling you for years. You need to do, you need to do something. But now I'm like on fire. I love Don't it. Don't you listen? Great. Good job. <laughs> happy wife, happy life, right? Yes, Very exactly. Good. Okay. So I would love to know how you got into teaching NKT. How did that happen? Uh, well, that's a great question. You know, um, 
I think, I guess it's a good question to ask David, you know, when I get inside mm-hmm. his brain at some point, you know, why he selected me as a teacher. But I'd like to think that when he asked me, it was a culmination of everything I've ever done in my life was to get to that point. And I feel like teaching NKT is exactly um, what I have wanted to do without even knowing that that's what I wanted to do. It just, it really, it, it speaks to me tremendously. Uh, when my wife and I were in chiropractic school, uh, we got involved with an organization, a club. We had all different clubs. Uh, ours was called the Motion Palpation Club. Uh, we first became certified members, then we became instructors, and eventually she became the president and I became the vice president. And the whole thrust of the club was teaching people how to feel things, how to palpate joints for restrictions, and then from there, how to make an adjustment. And I... Really early on, um, my wife and I learned how to do those things, and we started working with uh, people. Now, everyone in school wanted to learn how to adjust, obviously, so our club was always the biggest. We always had all the new students came in. We were teaching like three to four times a week, um, and sometimes on weekends we were even teaching seminars. And the whole thrust was teaching people how to adjust. And they would start off not having any clue how to do anything. Um, you know, they just, it was like they were feeling a brick wall. And so we would work with them and progress them. And over the quarter, we had 10-week quarters, you know, by the end of the quarter, most of them were starting to get it. Now, I did learn pretty quickly. It opened my eyes that some people learned pretty quickly and some people learned uh, not so quickly. <laughs> mm-hmm. But needless to say, by the end of the 10th week, most people were really starting to get it. And you know, we would let them practice on us to make sure they were doing it right. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go into making an adjustment. And, you know, it's not something that just happens overnight. There's a little bit of an art to it. And when when, when someone would get it and, you know, I was there in that moment with them and they were so excited and, you know, this is the greatest thing that they've been going to school for. They finally learned how to do it and they were thanking me. It was just experiencing a student grasp a concept and being able to execute it was just an awesome experience, and that's something that's just um, sat with me tremendously over the years, and I've created opportunities by getting involved, you know, with my sports council and becoming the president of that and creating seminars and having that ability to teach, and it's that's been great, but it's never, it, 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 nothing ever really was what I was looking for. You know, I, I enjoy teaching, and I still do those kind of things, but it was something was missing from that, and when I took NKT and everything clicked for me, I mean, it was like a euphoria, like oh my God, this is the greatest thing ever. I just want to, you know, tell, talk to everybody about it. <laughs> and um, David, you know, he asked, as he does, you know, if I, if you know, I would come and assist him in a class, and you know, I jumped on that. And um, again, I remember being in that first class, just kind of sitting back, listening to people watching them a little bit, keeping my mouth shut, and then, you know, they started asking me questions about how I was doing things, and I was able to share with them my experiences and my learning thing, and I, you know, you just, you see the light bulbs start to go on. They can relate to what you're saying and what you're doing, and, you know, one by one, each person I was working with was understanding it, and the light bulb was going on, and their eyes dilated, and they were just so excited, and I, that that moment was, you know, it just brought me right back to when I was teaching uh, in the Motion Palpation Club in, in, in college, and uh, I was just so excited to have that opportunity to do that, and I assisted David a couple more times, and, um, you know, 
I don't have an answer of why he chose me to be an instructor, but I know that you know some people from that first class had given him positive reviews about how I did. But I, I, again, it just feels like this was kind of part of my calling to to help people learn this um, this incredible technique, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity, and I and I love every minute of it. So hopefully. Um, that answer keep your doing it. <laughs> what did you do to prepare to get to teach that first class? Oh, what did I do? Well, um, you know, I assisted a couple level ones. Then I went out and spent a couple days with David and his his wife and his daughter. Well, just a wonderful family, incredible people. Um, they almost convinced me to move out there. In fact, <laughs> I, was, I was a close call. Um, but um. It, I kid you not, uh, uh, but um, you know, I spent a couple of days in his clinic. We spent a lot of time getting to know each other, and 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 me learning his his philosophy and and his background and why he does what he does and you know what it's all about. And we talked about teaching, and I've spent multiple phone calls and emails going over the material with him. And then I just spent, you know, I just spent a couple months because from the time he named me an instructor to, you know, I actually taught my first class last October was at least maybe, you know, five, four or five months. So I just spent every day, every free minute just going over every muscle, you know, every muscle in my notebook that I had at the time and just going through all the tests, watching all the videos that I have from my level one class. Um, that I that I that I I've just watched them tremendous amount of times, uh, you know, talking to him and asking him questions. You know, how are we teaching this? How are we teaching that? And you know, making sure I knew um, the anatomy. I made a little bit of a PowerPoint to supplement the PowerPoints that um, that he provides because I know you know Kathy is just brilliant with anatomy, and no way is my knowledge anywhere near hers. So I wanted to try to at least, you know, know, know a fraction of what she knew. So I, I created a little bit of a PowerPoint to help me, uh, guide me through that. But, um, yeah, you know, and in fact, I'm getting ready to teach another class in like a couple weeks, actually, uh, May 17th. So I'm kind of Where in that, that mode one? again, uh, in Denver. I'll be teaching in okay. Denver, May 17th and 18th. So um, I'm kind of in that mode right now of, you know, organizing my thoughts and rewatching videos and, thinking about the first hour, which is the basic explanation of what um, NKT is. Um, that's kind of where I'm at in my head right now. But I have to say all that preparation really translated big time into my practice. Um, you know, even just sticking with the level one knowledge base for a majority of it, my patients just respond so well to it. It's phenomenal. So even if you haven't taken level two, there's so much you can do. Um, with the level one material, it's 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 unbelievable, really. I think the level one stuff works almost all the time. Yeah. Very often. Yeah. It really does. I mean, level two just takes it to the next level and puts a lot of things together. I mean, it fills in a couple sp spots for your things you didn't, sure you didn't does, get yeah. to. But um, yeah, I, I mean, a majority of what I do is level one. Right. With well, that's great. I hope everybody um, listening signs up for their level two. And I know you're having one in August, right? You're do or their level two, you're doing one in August, right? I am doing a level two in New Jersey in August, correct? In South Jersey, actually. Very exciting. That'll be, for that. that'll be great. 
Yes, very very exciting about that. That'll be my first level two. I'm teaching, and um, I'm, I'm in the process of digesting all that information as well too. Um, it was a great opportunity um, to assist Kathy and Perry in their class. That was a uh, uh, they're both wonderful instructors, and I really learn a lot every time I'm around them, let alone taking their class. So uh, it was awesome. I know I learned a ton too. I had took 35 pages of notes. <laughs> so there was a lot. <laughs> so coming up in the next few weeks, you have some exciting stuff going on. Tell me about what you're doing. I will see. Next weekend we're hosting uh, the uh, restorative breathing class. Uh, I'm very excited about that. I've been um, excited about that for a, a few months now. Um, you know, with NKT is so great, and, you know, it's not the answer to all of life's mysteries, but it really points you in the direction of things that you need to look at. And breathing is a, a perfect example of that. I mean, there's some things that NKT can't handle, and if someone has, uh, you know, faulty breathing patterns, NKT can point you in that direction, but then what you do with it is kind of, you know, on your own. And, you know, I've been with my Pilates uh, certification background. I've learned a lot about breathing in the past, so I've always implemented that, which has been great. Uh, but just talking to Lois and some other people that have taken the class, it really takes it to the next level. So I'm really excited um, to take this class because I know I have a bunch of patients uh, that will benefit immediately from it. I'm kind of inviting my tongue because I know that I need to learn this stuff. So I'm ex right. very excited for that class. And then what comes next? And then after that, I mean, the <laughs> post I'm seeing about the anatomy and motion class that was in right. uh, San Francisco is just unbelievable. The work that Noah Drucker is doing is unbelievable. It's breathtaking. It's amazing. And, um, you know, he sees it so clearly in the way he's explaining it. It's just so exciting. And uh, Gary Ward and his assistants, um, they just seem like the most brilliant people. I really, I'm reading the book right now, and I'm so excited to um, to learn and apply some of that stuff. Because again, I'm seeing as I'm reading the book, I'm like, oh, you know, the patients I'm thinking about exactly for that. It just they're just popping right into my head. So I'm really excited um, to to learn from from those two guys. So yeah, May's looking like it's a crazy month for me. That that is every for, single weekend, huh? Pretty much, I think every single weekend I've got something going on. Except for so Memorial very exciting. Day. <laughs> this weekend, I'm, Your this poor weekend I'm actually. <laughs> well, you know, they um, they've uh, they're working with me on it, so it's pretty good. <laughs> how do you how do you kind of manage that balancing act of of all the learning that you're doing and you know making time for them and. Well, you know, now that I've gotten my life a lot more organized, I know what I need to do and what I need to accomplish. Um, the biggest thing weighing on my life is doing patient notes. So coming home from work and knowing I've got you know a whole bunch of notes to do kind of bums me out a bit. But that being said, when I come home, I make sure I spend some quality time with my kids and my wife every night. Once I get them to bed, then I come into my office and I start doing some work, whether it's my notes or start studying or preparing or getting ready for a podcast or whatever I'm doing. 
whatever you're doing. But I make sure I spend some time. Like Thursday nights, which is where we are right now, um, my girls come home from gymnastics. Um, I get them all bathed and into bed. And, um, yeah, it's fun. And Thursday afternoons, I hang out with my son all afternoon. I, I finish work early on Thursday, so that's great. Uh, my kids are pretty busy these days, so, you know, they're running all over the place doing gymnastics. So, you know, I pick them up from there. Sometimes I drop them off. So, you know, I try to make every moment uh, as quality as, as I can. And, you know, Saturday afternoons and Sunday all day we we spend together, and it's it's phenomenal. And like I said, now that I'm not thinking about a million different things, because I know, for example, you know, oh, I have a class coming up that I'm teaching. What do I have to do? I need to study this, this, and this, make sure I'm prepared. Okay, this is going to happen at this time. I'll put that over there. So I don't have to think about that when I'm with my kids anymore. When I'm with my kids, I'm with them 100%. 100%. So I try to put my phone down. <laughs> my son reminds me, Daddy, put your phone away. So I, I, try, <laughs> I try not to look at it. I try not to look at it. I'm still working on that skill. But, um, I get that you know, I, all the time. <laughs> you know, and it's funny, too, because, you know, some people think, you know, Facebook, blah, blah, blah. But as you know, there's so much mm-hmm. educational stuff in our world that when you look at Facebook, you're looking at the scholars page, the advanced page, or even now the master's page, and there's just so much stuff to digest. It's unbelievable. So, yeah, you know, you're always looking at the phone for that reason. But, um, yeah, you know, I try to I spend as much quality time with my family as possible. And like I said, since I've read this book, um, Getting Things Done by David Allen, my life is way more organized, and, I, and I'm really enjoying um, that time. And my wife and my kids have, have noticed that I've been more um, attentive and more in the moment now that I'm more organized. That's great. What other classes are you planning on taking in the next I'm planning few on taking. months or years or whatever? That's a good question. I'm trying to digest the this, this stuff right now. Well, I've taken the SFMA in the past, and I really like that. I would like to take the second, you know, the advanced SFMA class at some point. In September, I'm taking the DNS sport class, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, that stuff really, I really like the neurodevelopmental stuff. My wife just took a seminar two weekends ago from someone from uh, the Prague School, which is where Yanda and Levitt come from, and it really changed her view on patient management uh, tremendously. And it's really a, it, it's all based on um, a couple different concepts. One is mainly the foot, so it's really that was really in line with um, what AIM is all about. So I'm pretty excited to, to take that class, but. Uh, he is coming back, the guy from Prague, uh, he's coming to Arizona in, um, I think, November. So I'm possibly, if my wife and I might do that, or maybe she might just do that herself. <laughs> Again, she's really, I mean, it fired up a lot that she's actually contemplating a trip to Prague. Um, to oh, wow. Over there. Yeah, that's how much it changed her life. So um, it's pretty pretty exciting stuff. But, you know, another thing that really interests me, and I don't know when I will get it, but it's on my bucket list, I guess, is, um, you know, uh, maybe mainly because of Kathy, but I'm really digging the whole kettlebell thing. That's it's really exciting. I now have got some good friends. Uh, in fact, I'm teaching the level two at uh, at Escape Fitness in Medford, which is a kettlebell center, and they're they're a combination. They have SFG and they have RKC instructors, and you know that stuff really is exciting. I really like that a lot. So 
maybe at some point that's in my future down the line as well too. Excellent. I, you know, another one too that really has sparked my interest is uh, Spino stuff, the functional um, range stuff. I forget exactly functional, what it's called. Yeah, me too. He's yeah, got a couple different ones. I know Perry. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Inter- Perry has interviewed him a bunch. Uh, or interviewed him once um, recently, and and that was really interesting. So you know that's on my list. You know one thing being an active release technique provider is every year you have to recertify. So I got a, I just did uh, their nerve entrapment class. So every year that's always in the back of my mind that I've got to I've got to do that. And um, this year this weekend, unfortunately, I'm missing is the. Um, our, my sports uh, board, the Diplomat Board, they have their annual symposium, and this year's down in Orlando. I'm unfortunately missing it, but I'm hoping maybe to go to that next year as well. Um, they always put a good program on. So those are kind of uh, in my scope as far as um, things I'm thinking about. It's kind of never-ending, right? You just it's keep going. Definitely. If I could go to a class every month, I'd be happy. Uh, <laughs> you know, and you see I some people, it. you know, some some people whose blogs I follow and they're just always going to classes. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. but you know that's what I you know one thing teaching NKT has really made me stop and focus on learning that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know I got a long way to go before I consider myself a master at NKT. So I'm I've seen the results with it. I'm really excited about it. And even the cases I struggle with, I know that, that a lot of them, there's an answer. I just haven't figured it out. So I really want to spend time learning NKT and really putting in the you know 10,000 hours, as they say, to really get to get good at NKT. So while the other stuff does interest me and I'd like to learn it, I'm not in too much of a rush um, because I know there's, there's, so much, there's so much more uh, NKT stuff to learn. The best thing about NKT is that there's always um, classes around now that you can go and assist at, and it kind of gives you your fix of your <laughs> of your seminar. <laughs> so for me, I have um, my I'm going to Anatomy and Motion as well, and then I'm going to be assisting Level One in Boston and Level Two in Boston, and then I'm going to take um, PDTR with Thomas. So yeah. for several months, and then I'm sure I'll be at New York assisting there at some point this fall so i gotta get my fix yeah yeah no that pdtr class sounds uh sounds amazing as well too i wish that I was know, i hope i'm smart enough for it <laughs> we'll find out <laughs> it sounds a little challenging it so, that's for sure yeah so i think that's all the questions i had planned for you unless you have some more things you'd like to talk about uh, I'm sure everyone's probably sick of hearing about what's going on inside my brain at this point. <laughs> Your brain was very interesting. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 I hope so, because I could, I could probably talk for hours. <laughs> I, I know, I could too. Uh, yeah, I know. When we when I interviewed you we, uh, and we got off the phone, I mean, well, we got off the recording, we must have talked for probably another hour. <laughs> it, was another, it was another at least 45 minutes. <laughs> It was close. So between the two of us, yeah. I know. Well, thank you very much for humoring um, me and Sarah, and I'm really happy to be able to get inside your brain and and hear how you integrate it into your practice, which is very interesting. Well, thank you. I mean, that was a great idea. It kind of took me off. I wasn't really uh, thinking about anything like that, but, you know, uh, Sarah seemed to uh, uh, be a strong-willed person, 
so I wasn't going to go against anything she said. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's a good that's a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> but excellent. Well, thank you. Uh, I enjoyed uh, being on the other end of it, and thank you. you did an excellent job, and uh, maybe we'll have to bring you back for some more uh, guest hosting uh, gigs. Uh, that would be sure, fun. That'd be great. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you. Um, and I guess we'll uh, we'll wrap up here. So uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us here on Episode 9. Upcoming next week, I'm very excited to uh, interview uh, and get inside the brain of my good friend, Dr. Kathy Dooley. Um, She is absolutely brilliant and inspiring, and uh, just taking a class from her is just amazing, and I highly recommend it. And even, you know, if you can go and assist, because I know every assistant that was at her class learned something new, because like I said, she is just a, a, a well of knowledge and so interesting. So, But I've got a whole lineup of people, and, you know, people post on the Scholars page, and I'm just like, wow, I'm going to interview that person. So I've already asked, like, I don't know, I must have a list of like 10 people I've got lined up already. So I'm pretty excited to um, to go there. So um, excellent. So that's what we have in store coming up next week. As I said earlier, I'll be teaching uh, Level 1 in Denver, May 17th and 18th, uh, New Jersey, June 7th and 8th. I'll be doing a Level 2 in New Jersey in August. So be sure if you're, if you're getting ready to sign up, make sure you sign up because there isn't that many Level 2s um, out there. So make sure you, you, if you're ready, uh, you need to take that class. I'll be doing a level one in September in Detroit. I got one going on in Arizona in October. Still waiting to finalize Atlanta. Uh, Hopefully that will happen real soon. Um, But, again, if you're interested in um, having any of us come out and teach, make sure you contact us, um, provided that, you know, we can get enough people. We'd be happy to come uh, to your place if you'd like to host us. And, as always, your feedback is greatly appreciated. So feel free to email me at CairoRehab at Hotmail.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And make sure, again, that you like the Inside uh, the Brain Facebook page. And if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give us a positive review. So thank you very much for joining, and I will speak to you next time.